Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Welcome to Stories of the Unexpected. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. In this podcast series, I share with you stories of the miraculous, the marvelous, the supernatural, uh, things which for which we don't really have uh, an explanation, but which open our hearts and minds to uh, the supernatural realm and, and open our, our eyes to the, the way God works in the world. These stories I present to you um, for what they're worth. You, you can take them uh, as you hear them uh, and draw your own conclusions. Uh, which is what we should do when we're confronted with supernatural or allegedly supernatural events. Today's story I call The Miraculous Multiplication of Flour. And it happened like this. Uh, I was uh, an Anglican curate, that's like a parochial vicar, a young priest living in England uh, in the uh, early 1980s. And while I was there, my younger brother came to live with me and we shared an apartment together. And I said to him one day, you know, when I was at seminary, uh, I went to train for the priesthood and I didn't have any money. And I, I just trusted the Lord would provide uh, day by day for my needs. And he did. I was able to get some various jobs and, and some people donated some money. And I was able to finish my seminary training without any college debt. But sometimes I was so poor that I can remember I would buy um, uh, a, a like a Snickers bar and I would cut it in half and save the other half for, for the rest of later in the week. So uh, while I was poor, it was a great adventure to, to actually do an experiment of living by faith. And, and my brother said, yeah, he said, you, we should do that again. I said, well, it's kind of boring now because I have a house and I have a pension plan and I have a salary and I have a car and all these kind of things. He said, well, you could give away half of your money. I said, okay, well, let's do that. I'm, I'm going to give away half, half of my money um, and we'll live on the rest. And he smiled and he said, and you know what? He said, if we do that, we will probably have other people come and live with us who need a roof over their head. I said, what do you mean this is my house? He said, he said no, these will be people that we're going to share our life with. So uh, that also happened within the next few weeks and, and months. We had um, three, four, sometimes five or six other guys living with us. We set a room aside for as a little informal prayer room, and we lived in a, a religious community. So, and the guys would get jobs, part-time jobs, and, and they would contribute to the housekeeping. But um, we basically lived on my core. Uh, salary but half of the salary because I was giving half of it away and I didn't tell anybody this it was just something I did secretly anyway um my brother uh, Daryl would get up early in the morning and bake bread uh, in order to have some food for us to eat and he would bake two loaves of bread uh, and he would um, uh, use uh, flour that he had bought from the local bakery at a reduced rate. It was a great big 10 pound uh, or, or more bag of flour. Um, it, it stood two or three feet high and, and we kept it under the stairs and he would just go and use that flour to bake the bread every day. And uh, the baker said the only problem with this is he says you need to use the flour up before you, it get uh, sort of I think he said like the end of September uh, and uh, or it'll get weevils and you'll have to throw it away because you can't make any bread with it if it's infested with weevils. So 
Daryl made the bread, two loaves of bread, sometimes three or four loaves of bread every day because these young guys were hungry. And um, sometimes our meals would consist of homemade bread with lots of butter and peanut butter and jam, and that was about it. Uh, and But Daryl had said to, my younger brother had said to the baker, uh, how I'm making X amount of bread every day. How long will this flour last? And he said, well, you won't have any trouble because you'll you'll use up that flour by the the end of August. He says, and you'll need to have it use it up by the end of September um, or it'll get weevils. So we went on like this and and lived this kind of informal um, religious community type of life. And it was a very joyful experience and a great time. We have wonderful memories of that. But... Uh, here's the thing. Around the middle of November, uh, Daryl said, you know what? He said, I'm I'm still making bread from that bag of flour. And it's only about, we only got through about half of it. And he said, we would probably get through that flour by the end of August. And I, I'm making more bread than I told him I would make. I, I told him I would make about two loaves a day. I, I'm making three or four loaves. And the flour still has not run out. And I said, you know what? This has happened before. And I told the story, of course, about Elijah who and the widow during the time of famine when her flour and oil didn't run out and she kept on having enough for every day's uh, loaf of bread. And I said, our Lord said, give us this day our daily bread. And that's exactly what he's doing. Well, we had a financial donation around that time. Somebody gave us an early Christmas gift, and that meant that we had enough money to go and buy another bag of flour. And I don't remember whether that one lasted as long as the, the miraculous one did, but, and I don't really know whether it was a miracle or not. But uh, I believe it was, um, but there's no way of proving, of course. And, and this reminds us, therefore, that about uh, our Lord's um, multiplication of the loaves and fish uh, and uh, Elisha <clears throat> in the Old Testament but, but producing another miracle by God's power. And these miracles are given to us um, uh, to remind us that God is alive and work in the world and that he does actually um, uh, provide miracles. Another one which um, I heard of around this same time period, uh, it was came out in a video which was called v- uh, Viva Cristo Rey. And it was the story uh, of Father Rich Thomas, who was a Catholic priest in El Paso, Texas. And uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, he began a charismatic prayer meeting in the parish. And they had a nun, Sister Maria Virginia, uh, who was also assisting in the parish. And during one prayer meeting in 1972, they read the passage in, in Luke's gospel, which says, when you give lunch or a meal, do not invite your friends or brothers or your rich neighbors in case they invite you back to repay you. So invite the poor so they have no means to repay you and you will be repaid when the upright uh, at the resurrection. So they decided that on that Christmas day, 1972, uh, they would give a Christmas lunch to the to the poor Mexicans who lived across the border uh, and worked in the dump in Juarez. And these people, um, were these who lived on the, in, on the uh, trash dump, they worked separating the trash into various kinds in, for recycling, um, bo- you know, bottles and glass and cardboard. And they would then sell it for recycling and earn a little bit of money. They, they lived in the dump and worked seven days a week for, for something like $5. And anyway, the prayer group uh, in the American side of the border got together and prepared food for Christmas lunch for about 125 people. Uh, well, when they got to the dump, 
Father Rich uh, and the group discovered that there were uh, two different labor unions which were in rivalry and fighting with one another to, to, to work the dump. And eventually Father Rich got them to come together, but there were about 350 people turned up. So he explained that there wasn't enough food for everyone, but they would share what they had. Well, all 350 people had enough food, and then the, the dump people took food home and came back to get more and returned and took more home again. And there was still lots of food left over. So much so that Father Rich and the prayer group uh, took the leftover food and gave it to three orphanages. Well, I remember seeing this video, and it's probably still out there somewhere. It's called Viva Cristo Rey, uh, and you, you might be able to find it. It, it was great because uh, ordinary American, suburban American Catholics were saying things like, um, yeah, I had a bag of oranges, and I, I reached in the bag and, and gave oranges to these people, and I just kept on giving out the oranges and, and there kept there was enough there for everybody. And another person said, um, well, I was slicing a ham. He said, and I couldn't believe it. I just kept slicing the ham and there just kept being more ham. And everybody had enough ham and then they took some back to their houses uh, and they kept coming back and we, finally we had enough to take to, to the orphanages later. And if you can get this video and watch it, it really is amazing. Now, uh, you, you might therefore say, well, why, why doesn't God produce miracles like that for all the people who are hungry and starving? You know, this is uh, raises an interesting question because uh, he does actually provide food for the hungry, but very often it's through our generosity and through our giving. He produces miracles, but more often uh, he produces um, the, the sharing and the giving that, that we need to do amongst uh, ourselves one for another. Now, when I say that, I'm not denying that he does miracles. I've, I've just told you two stories that I believe both were miracles of God's provision. But remember, God's miracles are always given as signs. They're signs of uh, deeper principles of, of his way of working in the world. His deepest principle is one of generosity and creativity and giving and overflowing in abundance and goodness uh, and generosity. So, And he wants us to be like him. So therefore, uh, it, we're called on to... Uh, equally give uh, without measure, overflowing out of the abundance of our hearts and out of the abundance of what he's given to us. The, the exact opposite of that is being mean and being uh, overly uh, scrupulous about money and hoarding money and, and keeping it, all of our riches and our goods to ourselves in a selfish way. If we all gave and gave and gave and gave, then we would be show, evidencing God's generosity in the world. And if we do happen to be living by faith, uh, if we're um, relying on God and we're, we're doing this kind of work, then we can, we can expect him to do miracles. Therefore, if you're involved, for instance, in a food pantry or a soup kitchen, if you're involved in work with the poor, you, you will see God provide in, in wonderful ways. If you pray about the needs that you have, it might not be a miracle like the multiplication of food that I've just said, but you will find that the donations come in that you need, that but the volunteers that you need turn up just at the right time. Uh, you'll find that uh, the, uh, the answers are given to the problems that, you, that you're looking for and solutions are giving. And that's why God tells us to work with the poor. Uh, and to be working on the edge and to be living by faith. Because as long as we're looking after ourselves, he doesn't need to provide a miracle. But when we're living by faith and stepping out in faith, he will provide miracles and guide and direct us step by step as we go along the way. This is um, 
Stories of the Unexpected, a special podcast for my donor subscribers at uh, Standing on My Head uh, website and blog. Thank you to my donor subscribers who all uh, give a donation every every month towards the, this work. And uh, thank you for listening. God bless you. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.